In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, beloved Orthodox Christians, brothers and sisters in Christ, <clears throat> we heard in today's Gospel reading a parable of our Saviour concerning one rich man and a poor man called Lazarus, and how the rich man was exceedingly rich. He wore fine linen and purple and he feasted sumptuously every day. And this Lazarus, who was a poor man, didn't have so much as to clothe himself, didn't have enough clothes, let alone to feed himself. Therefore, this wretched man, Lazarus, was so poor that he lived outside in the streets and didn't have even uh, the means to satisfy his belly and to clothe himself so much so that dogs would come and lick his wounds. How destitute he was. And our Savior speaks about these two men and their end. How does it that one ended after his death and the other? And he says that the rich man, he opened his eyes in Hades. That is, he was in torment, in terrible torment. But Lazarus, he says, the man who was destitute, was taken into the bosom of Abraham, that is, into paradise. So the question comes, a valid question. Was it because of the riches that the man who went into Hades, he went into Hades? And was it because of the poverty that Lazarus went into paradise? Was it the riches that condemned one and the poverty that justified the other? It's a valid question, and the answer to it is no. That is not the reason why the rich man was condemned because of his riches, and that is not the reason why the poor man was justified, Lazarus justified, because of his poverty. For riches and poverty out of themselves are neither good nor bad. It depends how we use them. That is what the, how we use the riches and poverty, that is what either justifies us or condemns us. So therefore, what was the reason that the rich man was condemned if it wasn't because of his riches? For as I say, riches themselves are not bad. There were many holy rich people in the, in the scriptures and in the lives of saints. Abraham himself, who received Lazarus, was an exceedingly rich man. Job was a rich man. Many in the Old Testament and in the lives of saints, we know people who were of means, emperors and queens and, and queens and so forth. So therefore, what was the reason that this rich man was condemned if it wasn't for his riches? It was because he abused the riches given to him. And how do we abuse the riches given to us? When we are merciless when we do not share it with others, when we think that these riches belong only to us, by right they are, and we don't see that they are a gift from God, that we may, yes, use it for ourselves and our family, but to share as much as possible with the destitute, with the prisoners, with the ill, with the sick, with the, uh, for the church needs, and so forth. The reason, therefore, this rich man was condemned is because he was looking at this poor man at his doorstep every day, and yet he wouldn't share with him a penny so that the man would cover. He wouldn't send him a, a lunch when he was himself eating and seeing this man at, his, at the entrance of his door. How many times he stepped over, maybe, over this poor man who was lying breathless maybe at the entrance of his gate and he didn't even think of sharing something with him. That is the reason why the rich man was condemned. Not because he was rich, but because he was 
he lacked compassion, he lacked mercy, he lacked charity. He thought that these riches belonged to him by right, as if he was born with them and would take with him, them with him when he died. No, the riches are given to us in stewardship. We are stewards of whatever we are given by God. And we should show good stewardship of the riches we are given. If we show that what we, when we are given riches, we share and distribute properly according to need as much as we can, God sees that we are good stewards and therefore he will bless us with even more riches. But if he sees that we are not, we do not, then why will he bless us at all, either in this life or in the li life to come? If we show that we do not understand the gifts we were given, that they are to be shared, they are to be uh, given uh, both for our family and for the people who ask us as much as we can according to means of each one of us. Abraham, as I said, was a rich man. Yet what do we know by tradition concerning his mercy? That he would sit out, of his, uh, out on the highway and he would look far off who was coming weary from the, from the travels on the highway and he would, when they would approach, he would take those travelers, strangers, into his home, wash their feet, give them food, give them lodging overnight, and then refresh, let, let them on their way to continue their way. That's how much mercy he had, Abraham, who was exceedingly rich man. Therefore, we see that this man was condemned because he abused of the riches given to him, not because he was rich. And what about Lazarus then? Was Lazarus simply saved because he was poor, because he suffered, because he was sick, because he was destitute? No, not because of that. Because the, the poverty, as I say, just as riches, is neutral in its value. Unless we either use it well or we abuse of it, just as riches, so also poverty. So how can one abuse of poverty? How can one be poor and abuse of his poverty? I'll tell you how. When a person is poor and yet he has in his heart envy for the people who have riches. When a person is in his heart is envious and jealous of the people that have riches, then he is abusing of his poverty. Not only of the people when he himself complains to God that he did not deserve this poverty, he does not deserve this destitution, and how is it that God is so unjust towards him that he has given him over to such poverty? When a poor person has this kind of disposition, this kind of jealousy and judgment, not only towards fellow men, but against God, to no avail is his poverty. He will be destitute in this life and will not inherit anything in the other because instead of using poverty for the correct, in the correct means, that is, of thanking God, that he's just, he knows better than I do. I will thank him in riches and in poverty, just as Job, who was a rich man and then became the last, the most destitute of all. What did he say? God has given, God has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord from henceforth and forevermore. And what was his wife telling him in her foolishness? Blaspheme God. Tell him that why is it that he did that to you? And then you will be at rest and you will, your heart will be at peace for having complained to God. And he says, you have spoken foolishly, woman. How will I complain to God who gave me breath? Are we going to bless God only in good times and then blaspheme him in bad times? No. In good times and in bad times, in riches and in poverty, to bless God and to thank him. And never to be envious for the ones who are doing better than us, but rather to uh, attend to ourselves. 
and never to be jealous of them. Therefore, poverty can be abused. And this is what Lazarus did not do. He lived at the gates of this rich man. He was destitute, looking at the riches and the sumptuous meals of this man, his purple and final, and yet he never passed judgment on him. He never was jealous of him. He never said, look at this man who never helps me. Why is it that God, he is, God is, is merciful to him and he has left me like that? He did not pass judgment over the rich man. He wasn't jealous or envious of me, but he was patient in his destitution. He was patient in his poverty. And that is why poverty was salvific for him. Not that he was sinless. The fathers say that maybe, St. John Chrysostom says it nicely, maybe Lazarus was suffering this poverty because he had to be cleansed of his sins, that he had committed sin in his life, and therefore God gave him a chance of poverty and illness so that he's in his patience, he would clean his soul. That is how the fathers look at it. Therefore, he used it properly. Lazarus, in his poverty, used his poverty properly and did not complain to God, did not consider God unjust. And neither was he jealous and envious of the person who was right in, in front of him, being, being so, was so rich and yet so stingy in his, uh, of, of his riches. That is why Lazarus was saved. That is why Lazarus was taken to the bosom of Abraham. And that is how we should understand Abraham's words to the, the rich man. That son, remember that you had, you had received the goods in, in the, the, the life that, that you passed. Not that he, because of the goods he was condemned, but he received good things and did not use them properly. In the same way we should understand the word spoken concerning Lazarus, that Lazarus received bad things, affliction in his life, and used them properly. And that is why he is now refreshed in my bosom. Let us continue with the, with the narration of the, of the uh, 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 parable. Then the, uh, the, we, we hear concerning this gulf that is between Abraham, that is the paradise, and Hades. And with these fires of flames of fire that are tormenting this man, what is this gulf and what are these flames? Is this a gulf that God created to punish those who are, those who are, are, do not, are not saved? And are these flames created by God so that he will punish and torture people? No, that is not the case, beloved Christians. Gulf that is there between this man and bosom of Abraham, that is the paradise, is the gulf that this man himself created throughout his life between him and God. In this life, the man did not cultivate relationship with God. He created a gulf between himself and God. And that is the gulf that continues in the other life. Why will it change? If here we didn't love God, why will it change in the other life? Therefore, if here we cultivate relationship with God, then we'll, that relationship will continue in the other life. But here, if we create a chasm, a gulf between ourselves and God by never thinking of him, by never keeping his commandments, by not wanting to be with him and not wanting God to be part of our life, why will it change after we die? It won't. It will continue. Because that was our decision. That was our will. That is how we chose to be. And God will not force us to be otherwise. And what are these flames that the man is tormented? The flames are the flames of those passions that the man fanned in this life. The passions, sin, vices that the man fanned in this life, they continue to torment him after his death. 
In this life, he could satisfy those passions by committing sin. But in other life, how can he satisfy? He has no flesh anymore. He has no body. Therefore, the passions of soul that he himself attracted, that he himself glued to, to his soul, they continue in the other life. And in the other life, they torment us because there is no means of satisfying our passions and lusts like we did here. So the man, the gulf that was separating him from God and the, the, the flames that were tormenting him were his own creation. It wasn't God's creation to punish him. The man chose to be like that, and that is why he continued to be like that. And if we think that the man was repenting there, that is not so. It may sound that when he says that, I am tormented like this, but I have five brothers. Send them Lazarus so that they won't come to this place. It may sound that he has compassion and repentance, but if we hear, listen to what the fathers say, that is not so. Because the St. Gregory Palamas, especially on the, on the today's explanation of today's gospel of this uh, passage, says that the man was not concerned about his brothers. That was a veiled way of excusing himself, still justifying himself. And how? What he's really saying when he says that I have five brothers and send them Lazarus, he's saying that if I had seen a man risen from the dead, I would have believed. But since I did not see a man raised from the dead, I am unjustly tormented here. Therefore, he's still in Hades reproaching God that he did not give him enough reasons to believe. He didn't give him enough causes to believe in him. And he brings as a veiled excuse his brethren, of which he did not really care. But he was telling Abraham that had I seen a man risen from the dead, of course would I have believed. But since I was never provided this opportunity, it means that I am unjustly tormented here. That is what he is saying really about in the, in the veil of, of uh, talking about his brethren. And what does he receive as an answer? He says, son, if the old brethren do not believe it, Abraham tells him that they have the prophets and the Moses to believe, and that is enough. And he says, and he continues, says, no, if they had seen uh, a man arisen, that is, if I had seen a man arisen, then they, that is, I would have believed. He says, Abraham, if they, that is you, did not believe the prophets and uh, Moses, neither Will they, that is, neither would you have believed if men had risen from the dead and spoken to you. And it, that is what happened exactly. For our Savior resurrected, rose from the dead, men called Lazarus. In reality, not in parable. In reality, and who of those who wanted, who were persecuting our Savior, who of those who wanted to put him to death, believed because of this risen man? None of them. The Jews who were in our, the, the lacked faith and did not believe, still did not believe when they saw Lazarus arisen. But rather, they said, this man makes many miracles, and we have to do something to put an end to it. Look the reaction. Therefore, the words of Abraham were true. If a man does not believe the words spoken by God in the Scriptures, if those words of the Gospel or of the Old Testament do not penetrate one's heart and do not put one in awe of God's mercy, of his love towards us, neither will a man risen from the dead, if one were to see a miracle of a man risen from the dead, will ever convince him. 
Because the faith that we have does not come from miracles. It comes from words of our Savior, words full of power, of grace, that penetrate one's heart. When we receive the faith and we accept it as a seed given to our heart, then every miracle is a confirmation of that faith. But if our heart is frozen, if our heart is hard and won't accept the words of our Savior and won't believe the gospel, then even if one were to see a risen man, hundreds of them still will not be convinced. These are the explanations that the fathers give us, beloved Christian. We should hearken, especially concerning the riches and poverty. In whatever station God has put us, whether we were blessed with riches or we were blessed with the cross of, the, of poverty, let us use it properly. Let us use it properly of being merciful in our riches and never complain, never blaspheme God, never of saying that he is unjust and never be envious of anyone if, of anyone if we were put in poverty. And this way, whether we are rich or whether we are poor, we will inherit to be also like Lazarus in the bosom of Abraham. Of this, may our Savior deem us worthy. Amen.